Briggs. It's your old pal, the Crypt Keeper. <laughs> this is Joe Bob Briggs. This is Jeffrey Combs. Hey, this is Scotty from Anthrax. Hi, you're listening to Adrienne Barbeau. Hi, this is Doc Bradley. You're listening to Quality Time. You're listening to Quality Time. Quality Time Broadcast. And you're listening to Quality Time. Quality Time Podcast. I'm saying this under duress. You better keep listening or I will tear your soul apart. Now go do, do your loud do your loud voice so I can make sure you don't break. Yeah. Okay, do that one more time. All right. Okay. That's now, good. now back to regular voice. Yeah. Hello, everybody. Hey. Yeah, that'll be fine. Penis. Penis. Mm. Penis. 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 Mm. Stop, Ashley. Get it's called paper a penis. towels. Uh. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Not today. No. Um, well, uh, without further ado, welcome to Quality Time. We're here for another exciting episode. Uh, my name is Eric Woodworth, and I'm joined first by my blood, my brother, Mr. Jeremy P. Woodworth. Jeremy, how are Who you, sir? are you sir? talking about? I'm sorry. Who's on the program this It's evening? me, Jamie Lee Curtis. <laughs> <laughs> my Jamie. new movie just came out. Holy kills. <laughs> Everybody says that I have a penis, but that's just a r- internet rumor. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. This, wow. The scream queen herself. So, by the way, when I did that dance scene in True Lies, I really tucked it well. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, I thought you were Jamie P. Curtis. Jamie, Jamie P. Penis Curtis. <laughs> Jamie Penis Curtis. By the way, to, to, uh, to uh, help out the, the, the new movie, I dressed as my mother. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Straight from Psycho. From Psycho. That's uh, right. My mother. <laughs> Do you have? Did you bring us any activity today? You know who I wish my mother was? Who's Cher. That? <laughs> you, oh my, I thought that was Cher for a second talking. If I could turn back time, <laughs> if I could be born with a vagina. <laughs> well, that's great. Uh, I'm also joined by the very lovely, the very talented Miss Ashley Pontius. Ashley, how are you? Well, I'm definitely not damp daddy. Uh, Pre-show, Eric tried to insinuate that they were both making me moist. I'm sorry, but Eric, I am drier than your elbows. Like, By the way, Chappelle really offends me. <laughs> there we go. I want him canceled. Uh, Jamie, relax. Jamie Penis Curtis, please. Please, relax. Mm. By the way, Jeremy, Jamie Penis Curtis is maybe the best creation Jeremy's had in months. Uh... I think that uh, Jason's really hot. Jason? <laughs> I love Jason from all the Jason films that I was in. Oh, Kane. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yes. Thank you. All right. So, Oh, uh, my God. You're Kane Hoarder. Sorry. <laughs> I wanted to... Uh, Kane Hoarder is... <laughs> <laughs> well, we got a lot to go over. Uh, obviously, we're on the uh, the heels of the Ellicott Silly Comedy Festival, where uh, Thursday night, Ashley and I got to do a murder mystery. Had a couple hiccups, we're yeah. going to admit. There's some hiccups, but I think it has some potential that we can... Uh, we can. I, I, I actually talked with the great Rob Mayer about mm-hmm. it, and I think we got some uh, fixing. And I need to yeah. tell you about it. I won't tell it on air, though. But oh, I God. Think, I think I'm going to hate it. Uh- <laughs> no, no, no. It's good. Okay. I, I, I think it'll it's a big fixer fixer upper. Okay. Well, but I agree with Eric. I mean, we had a great time, but I definitely think it's the first time we had specifically done a show like this with the murder mystery format. So we had Correct. a couple things to even out. I also know that Eric pulled me aside. Was like, look. Like, I know you're naturally like a bitch, but like, you need to be a little bit nicer to me because I'm starting to want to cry. Yeah. Like, okay. So, so, so she was, uh, she, she pulled full Daniel Day Lewis and like, so we're supposed to be a married couple where she's, she's being, she's unhappy with me, but she's doing it at the table and nobody's listening. I was like, hey, you know, nobody's listening right now. You're just, you're just being evil to me. <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> Eric acts like it's such a stretch to be unhappy married to him. <laughs> so funny. So, but, uh, okay. But afterwards, 
words, you and I uh, headed down to the Phoenix, and uh, it was open mic night, which uh, uh, lots of fun things happened. I, I started rumors that a, a local comedian, Jeff King, was actually a war criminal. That was really <laughs> fun. Um, that was, listen, first of all, Jeff King, I can't wait to tell him about it. Um, but <laughs> the, but there was also, um, I, I guess, should we, we have to tell the story about this comedian first, Sure, right? we can do a condensed version. Give us the condensed, because I think you know more, more about it than I do. So I met a comedian a couple years back, pre-pandemic. His name was Richard Peng. And Richard is an Asian-American comedian, and he's definitely an open mic. Is he Russian? <laughs> yes. Yeah. yeah, he's like Hezbollah. <laughs> Well, you said he was Asian. I just wanted to know I what got, kind of Asian. I got you. Uh, the the more Asian, what traditional, classically yeah. Asian, East, Eastern Asian. Yes. Oh, okay. Yeah. The the aisle at Martin's that you go to. So um, <laughs> so I I knew him. A generally nice guy, but so he's kind of been kicked out of other parts of the comedy community. And I won't speak with authority on this. I will just say a lot of women have come out and said that he made them uncomfortable. They felt he acted weird or inappropriate <laughs> and, and he wasn't welcome. So I will say this for my own part. I never experienced anything with Richard that felt, um, dangerous or scary. Do I think he lacks social skills? Absolutely. But again, that's so many comedians. Um, so flash forward, everybody's been dragging him again on Facebook because, and I brought this up nine months ago, I'm starting to see him on posters again, but he's not Richard Peng. He changed his name to Chris Cow. Yeah. And no, but no context. Just started changing his name, started getting rebooked on shows. Just no one said anything. I brought this up and nobody cared. But I think the thing, and I I think we all pointed this out, is he's probably been doing this for like, well, like what? Like six, eight months. You saw it like six months ago. Nine months ago. Nine months ago, I pointed it out. Well, he finally just now, now you pointed it out. So we're going to stamp that you you have done this. Yes. And nobody listened. Okay. Nobody cared. Nobody cared. But now that he got reblown up. I think that there was just so many people out there that weren't a hundred percent sure it was him. Yeah, because <laughs> like, the, <laughs> the great Rose Vine Shank was like, "It's kind of brilliant, isn't it?" Because if anybody tries to say anything, you're like, "We don't all look the same," <laughs> um, which is hilarious. So Eric and I are at the open mic, and guess who rolls up? Richard, Richard Pang. Well, Chris Cow. So I go up to Beth Hayden and I go, "Hey, can I have time?" And the open mic, she goes, oh, yeah, sure. I said, can I specifically have time after Richard? She goes, oh, okay. (laughs) So I wait until he's done. He bombs. Nobody finds him funny. I go up after him, and Eric is sitting in the front row. And I go, let's give it up again for Chris Cow. Chris, I am dying to know, did you buy your entire set off your brother Richard Pang like Gallagher? Did, did not like that. Did not like that at all. Uh, and then I told him that he single white female the entire comedy community, uh, which was really enjoyable. So he yelled some shit at me. I didn't hear what he said. And then he kind of ran off. So oh, man. I think it's... Uh, I. Uh, by the way, bravo, Miss Ashley Pontius, because listen, while calling out the elephant in the room and it not being me, it felt great. Um, uh, specifically, <laughs> Asian elephant. Yeah, fuck yeah, yeah. They're beautiful. So yeah, he uh, he ended up leaving, but that was the highlight of that open mic night in Thank Old Elegant Silly, uh, and I, I, I love that. I Thank keep you. calling him to Eric, uh, Crouching Tiger, Hidden Camera, which has been very funny. <laughs> I was fooled by somebody that known for like 30 years and uh he'd already been to comedy and and he he came to the same show as me as a comedian comedy and finally i recognized him (laughs) it was justin jones as comedian comedy wow what (laughs) he's he yeah justin jones had a character for a while called comedian comedy and (laughs) wow these are revelations and he wore wore a toupee and uh what it was just basically his best tom myers impression that he would go out and tour around as uh here's a question do you guys think we could pay restivo to dress up like richard pang and start calling himself richard pang does he get to tape his eyes then a hundred percent yeah <laughs> did you, you guys totally see that one? It. give him a shirt that says hashtag stop agent hate have you ever have you guys <laughs> if it's seen racist it? i'm doing it 
<laughs> have you guys seen that uh that one tiktok where she's like i want to be uh one of the squid game people but i'm scared it's going to be co- cultural yes, appropriation she's somebody. like there's not gonna be anything wrong with that you know just do be tasteful she's like and they go back to the other guy he's like okay and he's taping it. <laughs> yes all <laughs> that tiktok <laughs> Oh man! Uh, good stuff. Well, that's good. Uh, mm-hmm. And then, um, we, by the way, we need to do a Suicide Squad someday. So. Okay, ten years from no, now. No, not Suicide Squad. Um, uh, Battle Royale, or no, the, the one. Oh yeah, yeah. Suicide. Um, something. No, Battle Royale is a good one. Battle I would Royale. do that sometime. No, no, what's the one where they they kill themselves? Battle Battle Royale. North no. Korea. Yeah. No. North just being North Korean. No, it has it has the little <laughs> girls as the as the uh, pop group that sing really inappropriate songs like, you know, Touch Me and everything. And uh, everything. baby metal? It's suicide something. It's not suicide squad because it's a fucking Marvel bullshit. We'll get back to that. Uh, All after right, your so, w- wife catches you with an underage girl, you commit suicide. This is That's like not knowing. One. This is not knowing like the name of Akira or something. You know what I mean? Oh. All right. Well, uh. no biggie. Um, now we get to uh, Friday night, and uh, I I did a, a courtyard show, mm-hmm. which was kind of I was nervous about that show. Why? Legitly. Can I be honest with you? When I saw the lineup. I was scared that I was going to have to follow Damo Hicks. And I think he's an incredibly talented, funny guy. And he did not do well. And then I nope. instead <laughs> actually got more nervous. I was like, oh, man, if Damo didn't fucking do it. Because I guess you you never met Damo before that night. Uh, Damo, uh, about five years ago, was like him and Sonny Fuller in like 2016 where I've never seen crush fucking harder in front of a crowd. I mean like consistently they would get out and just fucking dominate well, a room. And so I was like, I was nervous. Yeah. But Eric, you know what happens? What's that? All stars burn out. Yeah, <laughs> that is true. Dude. Um, I am very proud that I finally got a real comedian, um, business card. And yeah, it was a Damo Hicks card that he gave me. Oh, so, that's yeah. nice. Yeah. That's good. So, uh, but the show He's right uh, back where he started. <laughs> I mean, I I will say, I mean, my set was okay. It wasn't great, but I was happy. But because my my elementary school front desk teacher, Miss Papathakis, shout out Miss Papathakis, was there, and she mentioned she was just like, "You were a quiet child in elementary school. Mm-hmm. I'm really glad that you came out of your shell." And I was like, "Well, thank you. I just talked about my wife's pussy for 45." <laughs> Yes, you did. I appreciate that. She was very, she was very nice. I did meet her, and can I just say, more like Papa Thickest. Damn, Ooh, girl. Damn. The backside. Good for you. Ooh. So that was good. And then Tommy's VR show went really well right afterwards. Uh, kind of crushed that. Uh, I made a charcuterie board, which was fun. Um, that I spent $70 on as a bit. And that was a good time. You're, you're, um, you're pushing like, what, 37 now? Uh, 38, as a matter of fact, in about a month. Uh, I think back, man, my first grade teacher, she's got to be totally dead by now. So. <laughs> I always think about how many of Jeremy's teachers are alive. <laughs> yeah. Wow. You were like old back then. Now it's amazing you're still alive. Yeah. It's, it's a thing. Like you look like that guy in like uh, Last Crusade right before he became dust. My sixth grade teacher reached out to me. I don't know if I told you guys this about two months ago and had me come talk to her English class. because She's now teaching at other schools. Talk to them about writing and comedy. And she gave me a list of words I wasn't allowed to say. Uh, which was awkward. And then she said one of her, it was Q and A and she had one of her students ask me, how do you, how do you get into comedy? Like, how do you make this work? And without thinking, I was like, we need two things. You need to actually be funny and you need to have a rough childhood. Yeah, you, emotional damage is an important part of being funny, I find. Correct, but do not forget that I went to private Christian school. There you go. Um, and it's, she, it's not whether it was rough. It's just being ignored all the time. That was part of it. But it was it was pretty good, though, whenever she interrupts. And she goes, I know your parents. You, you have very nice parents. And I was like, yeah, when they're around, they're pretty cool people. And then it just made the whole session <laughs> awkward. So. I will say the point. So I do have uh, two stories from Tommy's show. Okay. Mm-hmm. Number one. Uh, there was a good part, portion of it where Tommy is wearing a virtual reality headset, <laughs> and he is the screen is over uh, to the to the left of him, and we're all looking at him. But the thing is, when you're in VR, it's hard to orient yourself mm-hmm. in reality of where you are because I will 
put them on in my room um and then i will like i wonder where i am in the room right now and i'm like one inch away from a wall just <laughs> staring at it right here and i'm like oh that's uh whoa so tommy got kind of disoriented to where he was <laughs> and was literally like looking at the brick wall with his back to us like all right everybody give it up for your next movie. very funny <laughs> and i did laugh really hard at that i love that um and then uh later on near the end of the show uh, Mike Quinlan is is freaking out because he's high strung the entire thing. He's put on this whole elegant yeah. silly. He's did like twenty two shows in the whole week. He's I mean, it's a lot, right? Yeah. Well, the owner of the wine bin where it's hosting it, uh, we're like a half hour over right now. Okay, and the last comic is just getting up, and he goes, he goes, hey man, how much longer is this show going to be? I was like, this is the last guy. How long is he doing? I was like, I, I was like, well, you know, like a headliner set, like forty five minutes, and. <laughs> Which is a lie. It's, it's, he's going to do like five to seven. I was like, he's going to do like like a quick forty-five. It'll be fine. And he's like, so mean. <laughs> and then he, and then he got, so now he was just like, I hate you. I was like, I'm just kidding. I mean, he's probably going to do like a couple minutes or whatever. And, it, and he goes, I was like, he's like, what do I tell this guy from the wine bin? I was like, just tell him to be over in like five minutes. And then, <laughs> so mean that you do this to people. Well, that's what. I, but I, if you're asking me, that's what I would do. I'd go over to the owner. I go, hey, we got like five five solid minutes left. You know, whatever. And then, and then when that five minutes over, it was like really five more minutes, and I do that five more times until we were actually done. And then that's how it would, that's how I would handle it. Because what, what's the problem? Are you going to sell more booze while this guy's up? Well, he had actually shut down the interior I shop, know, so he I just to wanted pee. to shut down everything. So I had to walk over to the Phoenix and be like, "Yeah, I'm looking for my friends." And I walked in and I peed all over the floor on purpose. Then I called it my trail of tears, <laughs> which was pretty funny. So, uh, uh, but the show, uh, the show went off at a hitch, and and. Mike even uh, I saw him on Sunday uh, because if you want to hear what happened to Laugh Finder Live we'll talk about that on Laugh Finder but uh, when I saw Mike he did mention that um, he uh, uh, it was the best selling night at the wine bin they ever had so it was like a oh, super successful thing for the wine bin and for the VR show um, even that's the awesome. people on VR said it was like one of the best shows they'd ever seen there very so funny. hats Woo! off to you Thomas Bisonazzo uh, we're very proud of you for that um, should we go down to a downer note now though Okay. Well, Jeremy, would do, do you want to talk about about a uh, friend of the show who is uh, currently? I wouldn't call him a friend, but yeah, um, uh, our our actor uh, acquaintance who has been semi homeless for at least a couple years now, even though. He was living off the state in a very nice, very nice hotel room. Well, we've been talking about Mr. John Link for years. Because yes. give us a little John Link about how he talks. Just- I, I'm John Link. I was in such movies as <laughs> Lord of the G-Strings. That is true. He is in Lord of the G-Strings. And I play Charles Manson in, that makes sense. in The Killer Clown Meets the candy man yes so no. mr john link star of lord of the g-strings uh a horror movie uh horror movie uh con regular who, who we see up we, there we consider him the the little bald uh funny guy that benny hill used to slap on the head in every episode so. oh that's so nice that's yes. cute but he's been he and he, he and he's homeless and he lives with his brother uh and they collect Tons of toys. They have trailers of toys and hoardings, uh, but don't, will also eat food out of the trash regularly. Because they had seven trailers at one point mm. of scrap, which should be cashed in. Right. But they were hoarding it. Oh. And I'm sure one month's worth of trailer negated any profit ever made by any mm. of this scrap metal. Yeah. So obviously they are both special needs. Mm-hmm. Very special needs for yeah. their for their actions. Yeah, and apparently we find out that uh, after uh, we found after we found out that John had to go to the hospital because of phlebitis. Um, they, the is. hospital made the bad mistake of re-releasing uh, John back to his, his brother, brother for care, which mm. is pretty much a death sentence. That's horrible. Um, also, find out because of his bed sores, which he has not moved out of a wheelchair. Uh. For at least four months. Oh God! Hence, his one bed sore was five inches long <gasps> and festering almost to the point of sepsis. Oh God! Uh, it only took Eric three days. John, yeah. John started losing his mind and Aww. becoming not only in all, not able to talk anymore, but we were hearing things like 
yeah, I gave him his ball to squeeze in his hand, but he put it into his mouth and started chewing on it for like an hour. And I'm like, well, he's losing his fucking mind. Come to find out, his brother kept lying. He's like, I think I should take him to the hospital. No, his brother wasn't going to take him to the hospital. The only reason his brother was taken to the hospital, because at the hotel they lived in, he finally gave it up. He's like... I saw the garbage in the in the in the hallway that there were some cans. So I started going through the garbage <sighs> of the of the neighbor, and they came out and started yelling at me. <sighs> and I made the mistake of leaving my door open, and they saw that my brother, who, who looked like he was dying, so literally the neighbors died. essentially did a well check on him. Yeah. Wow. So so they called the cops on him. They called a paramedic. The paramedic's mm. like, "This man's dying. He needs to go to the hospital now." Otherwise, he would have been dead in that fucking hospital, yeah. in that fucking hotel room. Mm-hmm. And his brother just like... Numbered. Just collecting the, his social security yeah. check this yes, entire time. pretty much. Yeah. Just, just for yeah. money. Oh, that's horrible. Uh, the, other, the other great thing is we find out John could not sleep in his bed because his entire room was filled with scrap. Oh, oh gosh. So is John, is he still alive? Is he in the ICU? Uh, where, as far where as we, we know, right since maybe maybe Friday, yeah, he, I think he's still alive. Yeah. Okay. Uh, apparently, the, the good news, if there is any good news in this death, uh, is that he did open his eyes and uh, he's still responding to pain. So he's not in a coma, at least, even mm. though he's not been responsive for at least a week. Mm. Uh, but yeah, this is and and and, and Edward and I, Edward, who actually cares about him, visits him and and has been uh, interrogating Fred, his yeah. killer brother, all this time. It's like uh, we're gonna make sure he's not going back into Fred's care. Yeah, he needs to go into, into a rest home. And, and Fred's like, well, I won't be able to pay for my trailers anymore. That's right. Yeah. You're not going to be able to pay for your trailers of scrap anymore, you fucking scumbag. Yeah. Fucking asshole. We, we, we're so fucking angry with Fred. Yeah. Oh, That's my horrible. gosh. Right, so, so is Fred... It, it has, have charges been filed against him i think that's it's like, like where it's we're like, at right it's now, like charging right? a dog or a, or a, well, or a retarded it's, person it's, literally is it's mm. exhausting yeah well, well that's part of it too is if he does have a, a very specific um deficiency but we it question is, whether they're autistic or asperger's cur- well, so. well right but if there's any deficiency it can be hard to to prosecute that the the other issue being Sometimes it's hard to get people to actually act on elder abuse because technically that's kind of what it is. Even if he's your sibling at his age, you would almost consider it elder abuse. We we heard the excuses like, "Well, he I can't help him have a bath. That takes like three hours." Like, well, yeah, he hasn't had a bath in a, in a year now. Uh, yeah. Uh, uh, oh, oh, and also, uh, you don't want to put him into his bed because you filled his bed with scrap metal. That's oh my god. And he wanted to sleep. He literally said, "Oh, also, we heard when John was still." <laughs> Coherent when he started moving all the scrap metal into John's bedroom, he literally John said he literally wanted to punch him out. Oh no! We're thinking, well, we might do that for you, John. We might. Oh, well, well. Yeah. Shout outs to John Link. Uh, get better soon. I think uh, you know what? I think he's going to pull through this. He's in the ICU. He's actually having real non-trash food. Be, he I'll might make su- a big rebound. I'll be surprised if he leaves lives another week. So. Okay. Yeah. Well, just because I'm a realist. So. Well, I just want Jeremy to know that when you fall into ill health we will definitely let you sleep on aluminum yeah <laughs> well i told jeremy uh, just to i told jeremy like if you know you got really bad or something and you fell into my care that i would i'd feed you one non meal out of the trash like one non-trash <laughs> meal a week i'm not a monster i would i would take good care of you so it'd take me months to you know whittle down to being emaciated so look how look how great he looks he looks as good as that <laughs> sister in the movie pet cemetery <laughs> i'm waiting for both of you to fall ill around the same time and i put you in the bed together like uh, charlie and the chocolate factory and eric's like no jeremy keep your feet away from my end of the bed <laughs> We're doing so badly off. If only we got out of bed once, we might make a better living for ourselves. Why don't we get some 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 little people slaves to make us chocolate? Oh God, little people slaves. Oh. <laughs> You know, speaking of, well, no, not even that. We, we got to move the episode along. Uh, Ash, do you have an honest Ashley you'd sure. like to share with us? Sure. Oh, and it's about that time again for another segment of Honest Ash. And here's Ashley Pontius. Oh, hello listeners. It's Ashley here. I've been away all weekend dog sitting and I tripped walking the dog yesterday and a kid on a bike laughed at me. 
and like a psychopath, I took the bag full of dog shit and threw it at him and hit him. <laughs> <laughs> this has been honest, Ash. Oh. I don't crazy even know why Carrie, we... Crazy Carrie, crazy Carrie, wait, 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 ow! Why do we even call this Honest Ash? It just should be like Tales of Poop and Ashley Pontius. Uh, Which was my favorite beginning to the movie, Carrie, so... <laughs> Which, we don't have time, but that's another thing. Yeah, I did call Eric crying on Tuesday? Yeah, Tuesday night. Because I almost pooped myself on the way to uh, the people I was dog sitting for. <laughs> and then I remembered that Magoobies was open. So I bust through the front doors during the show, screamed through and ran and made it to the bathroom, destroyed the toilet. And then I realized there was no toilet paper anywhere. So then I had to do a no wiper and scream all the way to the, the house. <laughs> uh, so but I called Eric and cried to Eric about it, which was pretty funny. Um, oh, God. Good for oh, you. You're, you just live a life that revolves around your next diarrhea. Uh, I know. Well, you know what? It felt very reminiscent of the night I called you for 45 minutes and you talked me through butt birth. <laughs> I like, I don't know what it is. I forget what comedian said this. It was just like, he's like, the thing I miss most about my youth is uh, deciding when I pooped. Yeah. Because now every poop that I me. have is just, it's an emergency. There is no non-emergency my, poop that I have. My feces are my boss. Yes. They <laughs> they tell me when I'm going to take a break, when I'm getting off work. I clock like, in, I clock out. <laughs> and it's and it's a mess. I've been I've been streamlining lots of emodium, both sticking it up my ass and or rectally and orally. That makes sense. Um, because well, what it does, it makes me super sleepy, and it also makes me not shit for several days. So it's been very fun Aww. game to play. Very good. Because sorry, real quick, it's fun. The reason it's fun is because you don't know what day it's going to wear off at this point. So I could have like five days worth of traffic jams just all coming out at once which is pretty funny to me <laughs> i love the new bathroom eric by the way it's great thank <laughs> you thank you yeah uh, it's kind of interesting how people tell you about their drug problem but they don't and they're like man i've been so constipated for like weeks and i'm like by the way i used to do heroin i'm like okay it's good to see you gave that up i mean yeah. i i used to do lots of different things uh but nothing has worked quite as well as emodium so that's my drug of choice take a little blue pill <laughs> all right yeah well we uh, got let's, our let's, blue, let's, we, let's remember the good old king elvis who died with like 70 pounds of blockage in his ass so <laughs> the, that that's what actually he wasn't called the king until they found that uh that's when he actually officially got the name the king <laughs> Uh, was when they found the blockage. Uh, all right, we ready to get into tonight's movie because, uh, boy, oh, boy, this one's a, a Jeremy Woodworth classic, uh, taking us all the way back to 1975. The tra <laughs> this, this is the, uh, the trailer for it. It's 45 seconds long. So drowning the doll didn't seem like a good idea. Uh, that didn't work. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, today we're going over the Trilogy of Terror, uh, which, gosh, you know, Jeremy, you brought this movie to our attention this week to go over, which I love because I was a busy week and this thing was only an hour long, and thank God it was because I needed short. it. Short. Uh, what, what, why Trilogy of Terror this week, Jeremy? Uh, this is obviously the, the prequel to uh, the Child's Play or any sort of doll movies. Or the or the entire full moon <laughs> doll doll movies or there's been a lot of doll movies before Annabelle so yeah so yeah, I'd say yeah the precursor to uh, Child's Play or uh, Puppet Master Puppet Master all the yeah. way mm -hmm. all the way back to the trilogy of terror with the little Zuni doll that uh, you know today I feel like the Zuni doll gets canceled right you know, <laughs> yep you know the puppets didn't have any strings. Oh, yeah? Yeah, the Puppet Master. There weren't any strings. Got no, no, no strings no. to hold me down. I'm gonna <laughs> kill, and I'm a Nazi puppet now. <laughs> do, 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 do. I like that, yeah, we, at least in, when we got into the 80s, they were like, you know, make this, you know, make this little killer doll more scary? We made him racist. Um, <laughs> but can we also talk about the fact that he's not just like a Zuni African doll. He is specifically a Zuni fetish doll yes and i'm which, like what about it is so f i don't understand the what makes him well a 
fetish. Well, doll. that's the thing. And in the 1970s, uh, the biggest fetish was just uh, uh, having sex with a person of color. Uh, so that's like the biggest thing. Jesus, back then. <laughs> yeah, that's wow. This is the closest we have to having a black person in our home. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I love that's not a fertility statue, right? With the big old dong. They're just like, no, it's a fetish doll. Which can I also point out? Is it just me, or does that doll look like a little Richard? A little, a little smidge, but we'll get more into that because that is our third story. There are actually two other. (laughs) (laughs) Now this, this, uh, this was directed by Dan Curtis, who actually, uh, Dan Curtis is pretty, uh, pretty popular in the world of TV horror because he actually produced the original Dark Shadows as well as Burnt Offerings. So, uh, Uh, which isn't Karen, Karen Black as well? Yeah, there you go. uh, written by William F. Nolan, who is uh, actually famous for writing Logan's Run, uh, the teleplay for that, and Richard uh, Matheson, who, Richard Matheson, get this, he he wrote this, but he also wrote Jaws 3D, oh, which is probably the worst installment of Jaws, but he also wrote the Omega Man and uh, the revamp of it, uh, the Will Smith version, I Am Legend. So, there you go. Um, I actually love the Omega Man better than I Am Legend. I don't like either. <laughs> you don't like I Am Legend at all? Really? Mm-hmm. Wow. Okay. I don't think it's interesting. I love I love the idea that there is one guy who just is in a pandemic and is uh, refuses to take the vaccine. <laughs> That's the point of it that I like the I don't, best. I don't like it, and looking back now, I think it's probably because that was probably around the time that Jada was probably cheating on Will. So I just think, I could feel his sadness. I was like, this is a sad married man. I just don't want any of this. I just, I'm a sucker for Charlton Heston back in the Omega Man ones. Oh, I thought you were going to say I'm a sucker for sad married men. <laughs> I, I, had, I had to go back to Burnt Offerings because uh, not only is it a great Karen Black film, mm-hmm. but it, it, it features... Uh, Stuart Rudin. It's a wild movie. It, it features Stuart Rudin as the, the evil demon-esque um, coroner driver yeah. that, that is featured with a hat that just has the most evil smile. And also, I think it was in one of the first episodes of uh, Charlie's Angels where the angels go to jail. And he's one of the prison the, uh, guards that's the most evil rapist prison guard. But, There's always one. But his greatest role of all, that, he, that you never really know who he is, he plays multiple Migs from, from <gasps> multiple Silence Migs. of the Lambs. Oh! <laughs> so he's okay. the one that throws jizz at Jody yeah. Foster. Oh, multiple, shout out to multiple Migs. <laughs> and, and also, I guess his last notable role is, is in Naked Gun 2, where he's singing outside the shower of uh, Priscilla Press. He's like, maybe it was more than all was it. Just Robert, you so Jesus. Well, I don't know why we don't call him multiple masturbatory mix, but anyways. <laughs> so Stuart I love Rudin. the alliteration. Yeah, if anything. Does it? yeah. Painted pictures. Like <laughs> the way we were so the first story is called Julia. Now in each one of these stories, uh the great Karen Black uh is the lead role in every one of these stories. She really gets to show all of her acting chops that she has all in this uh in this little mini series, uh, and the first one is called Julia, where uh, Chad, uh, very fitting name, uh, in today's in today's world, Chad is played by Robert Burton, has a thing for his teacher, uh, Miss Miss Julia, which is so uncomfortable. That whole lead up, the, literally the beginning of the movie, where he's just like, "Oh, look at all these dogs," and I'm yeah. like, "Oh, is that what men really say about all of us as we walk by?" They're like, "Oh, look at that fat ass." St. Bernard and I'm like yeah. me <laughs> I'm like, look at all these dogs they're not even worth getting roofied yeah <laughs> and well that is exactly what happens they go to a drive-in theater and he roofies his teacher Karen Black and then mm. takes naked pictures of him and then an implied sexual assault happens right after it. that as he starts unbuttoning his shirt and then they wake up and you know what I'll just say I thought that was wrong uh, and I don't care what anybody else has to say about it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to take the strong stance that I thought that was a bad thing that that guy did. I don't know. I mean, when I saw him sitting out on that like that planter with that 
hot freaking polka dot shirt coming out of that mm. that vest. That, Looks that like he's sewn other Wonder Bread packages together. I mean, to make. what woman wouldn't want to be roofied by this hot looking seventies? He reminds rapist. me of my grandma's couch. <laughs> <laughs> But at least this story does have a fun ending. He uh, he does try to blackmail her. He's like, ooh, what if I show everybody these pictures of you? And then he invites her over to, to have some sex. And uh, Karen Black flips the table and uh, says, nope, this is all my plan to poison you. <laughs> yeah, which, like, actually, I forgot about that whole twist. And I kind of love it. But I also love as she's revealing the nature of the situation to him and showing him that she's really the, the one pulling the strings. I love that this man's biggest fear is that a woman is smarter than him. Yeah, no. <laughs> oh, God, she has a brain. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, which is also funny. He's just like, I, I, I like smart women. So I'm going to go, I'm going to take out the hottest community college teacher that I can find, <laughs> which is also very, very funny. Well, I, so I love, I love that she... Uh, not to jump around too much I know these are short stories but so she she kills him right like she she does kill him and I love then that her roommate <laughs> roommate uh says to her like oh I'm so sorry I know he's one of your students you must be so upset and I love that she calls him spirited that's one of my favorite things people say like what a spirited young man I'm like spirited is the nice way of saying predatorial oh yeah I also <laughs> he do was the best rapist I ever had yeah I I do enjoy the end scene though when she goes into his uh, uh, his, his creepy photography dark room yeah. and then does light it on fire yeah. and you get to see Karen Black's evil face like <laughs> I know but she's like everything I aspire to be yeah oh uh, by the way how does the arsenic taste in these coffee today Jeremy oh my god I literally was gonna say it but I didn't want to point it out yet until we were done taping since I'm already here as the blood is like starting to spill out in like 10 more minutes that's good just so you know Eric you didn't get that zit on your arm by by chance I, I absolutely <laughs> bit you in your sleep <laughs> oh no she's a real black widow <laughs> I, I don't know linda out of all the boys that were satanic he was the most so far <laughs> yeah he he was a good guy like there was just something about him when he said let's be friends and then he killed my dog that i just knew he was the one for me <laughs> So uh, the second story is uh, Melissant and Therese, which is uh, Karen Black playing uh, two sisters, one which is a very uptight, prudish brunette, and Therese, who is a worldly, seductive, free-spirited blonde. I, I hate to say that the uh, the Therese character, no, not Therese, Millicent. The Millicent, really did look like the maid from uh, Creepshow. <laughs> yes. Maid from Creepshow, I was thinking, uh, looked like the lady from... Um, uh, Troll 2, the witch from Troll 2. Ooh, you must eat all of your meat. Millicent, yeah, but nowhere as hot as the, 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 the witch from uh, Troll 2. She was hot. She Millicent was. is a horrible fucking name. Yeah. It's, I hate it. It makes, Ab- it makes Gertrude sound like fucking Ugh. Kim Kardashian. If, uh, if, I, if, I may, if I may quote the, the philosopher Judd Nelson. There we go. From... <laughs> From from the Breakfast Club, um, M- Millicent is definitely a fat girl's name. So, yeah, yeah. you are doomed. Uh, imagine though, if there was. By the a way, by the way, Molly Ringwald, she's five hundred pounds now. So. Oh. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. No, she's like two fifty. She's clocking in about where I am. <laughs> Okay. I was in the breakfast club. Yeah, because she was eating oh my God, all those eggs and bacon. Hey, we actually have some more audio of uh, Molly Ringwald right now. Uh, let's see how Molly's doing. Uh, this is from Entertainment Tonight. Hi, uh, this is Molly Ringwald from from the Breakfast Club and Sixteen Candles. If anybody wants to relive that scene from Breakfast Club where you can sit and look, stare between my legs, I charge five dollars. <laughs> one, one time, one time, I kissed Gary Sinise in the movie The Stand. <laughs> Oh, Jesus Christ. Uh, uh, They made a sequel to Pretty in Pink. It's called Pretty in Pink Icing, and it's just slathered all over her fat fucking face. 
<laughs> also, also, I'm a sponsor for Valtrex. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> so, oh god! I do. Uh, this this is my, I guess, out of the three, probably my least favorite story, except for the fact that you get the great George Gaines, who uh, plays Doctor uh, Chesser Ramsey, uh, but who's more famously known as uh, Commandant Lassard from all of the Police Academy movies. <laughs> I, which, I love the Police Academy theme. I, this is not the Police Academy theme. You're singing the H Well, but can, but can I take a second, if you don't mind? This this whole character of Millicent is so unlikable. I hate her so much. Yeah, you so don't much, want her to succeed. I want the seductress so evil many twin. Reasons. There's so many reasons, and I wrote them down. One note I wrote went like this: This woman is so gross. Who writes in their diary? My sister violated my room. Like that's <laughs> why would you say that? She then also refers to her sister as fermenting ugliness, which is what I call the nine months it takes to make Eric Woodward. <laughs> Shout out! Shout the out fermenting ugliness <laughs> before the child is born. That is your first special right there, fermenting ugliness but no like the way she writes and the way she complains in her diary I'm like are you there god it's me Millicent <laughs> Look, fermenting ugliness was my favorite psychedelic first song so. I feel like Millicent is like the is an arcade game that Jeremy can't find anymore right like oh this guy has an original Millicent it's in his back basement right now <laughs> it's oh no what was uh, the children's movie Maleficent that's what it yeah. was Mal- Millicent <laughs> <laughs> oh man, yeah, fermenting ugliness just just hit me just hit me so good. I'm, I'm sorry. <laughs> so uh, the way that uh, this one plans out is that Maleficent Mil- Mil- uh, decides to go uh, kill her sister Therese because she's abusing a young girl in town, uh, and she just can't take that she like pushed a young girl off her bike <laughs> and like was mean to her. Well, there was and that. wrecked her doll. Yeah, she she crushed yeah. the doll. She crushed the doll's head open. And I was like, fuck them kids. Like, who cares? But, uh, you're, just, you're just hoping the little girl, like, when you were fucked up crazy, you fucked up my shit, you crazy bitch. Yeah. But, but, but then we meet Therese, though. So we meet mm-hmm. Therese, and she's this blonde, big titted, uh, like, kind of hot, but really annoying. Yeah, she, she looks kind of like Karen Black, too, I noticed. <laughs> Very funny. But no, I love when she gets rejected by by the doctor slash coroner or whatever. And then she asks if he's gay because he doesn't (laughs) want her. And that is always the funniest thing to me is when a woman gets rejected and she's like, he must be gay. Who doesn't want all of this? By by the way. The best line would be if he's like, well, I'm an actor, of course. But... but, but, Us actors are not perverts like you. So, oh, but my other favorite was was watching the owl and the um the pussy cat with uh, Barbara Streisand, where she's like an, an actual prostitute, and because uh, the guy from um, Just Shoot Me is not onto her, she just keeps calling him a f- literally the f word for a homosexual over and I over again. A lot in film. Gosh, I love that. I can't think of any other films specifically, but I know we've seen it. So several times in movies where these women get rejected and they immediately are like what are you gay <laughs> and I'm like man you know what they make solid points I must keep hitting on gay guys because <laughs> why else would they not be into me so oh my uh, gosh. luckily somehow uh uh <sighs> Uh, George Gates is able to use his dim-wittedness and uh, to, to, to uh, turn down her advances. Uh, but uh, Millicent does decide that can, she needs can to I, kill. Can I make a confession? Can I make a confession? Yeah. Uh, there was like a couple of years ago at, at Chiller. Okay. And um, is Karen Black there? No, she was long dead since then. Okay. But, um, uh, I was outside Chiller as my my normal pogo wear and having a mm-hmm. great time. As you do. Um, there were two girls there. What? Definitely. <laughs> definitely 200 pound plusers. Definitely having a grand old time, probably drunk and really showing off. And I was thinking, man. To have a 400 pound way between these two gals would be like the fucking dream of my life. I mean, oh my gosh. Just, and, and they were, whoo, man, they were having a good time. And I was thinking, you know, 
I'm thinking adulterous thoughts, but I'll never do this because I, 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 I got to point love my out because so. I can't not say anything. It is amazing to me that men work with with wood and they build basements and things like that, but they don't know what 200 pounds actually looks like, which always kind of blows my mind. Uh, two, 200 pounds is she not would, as fat as you think it is. Well, exactly. I won't talk about, about I, my own wife. I anyway. <laughs> <laughs> they might have been pushing 250. They might have been pushing yeah, 250. Yeah, 250. So. What yeah. a bunch of cows. <laughs> well, no, I mean, I've. it's it's still good. It's still good. So, Wild. Um, <laughs> she decides that she's going to murder her sister because and put her out. And I believe she does it with a voodoo doll, right? Like Which, a little knitted one. Can we talk doll? about when she's in the library and you just see written in like white Sharpie, it says voodoo practices and Satanism. And I'm like, yeah, because those two definitely go together. Excuse me, can you show me where your voodoo Satanist section is? in the do- I was looking in the Dewey Decimal cards and I was having some trouble finding it. <laughs> I didn't really think those two went together, but okay. So uh, she makes... They don't me- have anything to do with each other with making zombies and people I also, living dead yeah. well I also so. like the I like the idea that she crochets one though like, did you see the one it's like it looks like a it looks like the happiest voodoo doll that I've ever seen knit if you want to do a voodoo doll on Eric you just got to go to the store and pick up a cabbage patch <laughs> yeah yeah just pick up Mr. Oogie Boogie and then uh, shave its head and then you have yourself uh, exactly what you need look even Chucky can make a voodoo doll yeah that is true that is true so uh, uh, she goes through and then murders her sister and uh, we come to find out that uh, they go in there, but they only find the dead body of uh, Millicent. Millicent. Ooh, in a wig. In a wig. And uh, come to find out the big shocker of the story. What? Ooh. They were the same person! It's the oh! other! It's the other! That's when Common Sides says, Come here, Steve Gutenberg. Let's examine this. <laughs> Mahoney, get in here. We have a murder on our hands. But truly, it's the other, but it's but this is like the other sister because they're a little bit tarted. But it's, <laughs> it's <laughs> I'm a little bit tarted. <laughs> I'm a little uh, bit Since <laughs> I, I, I hate to I hate to lay this out and put this out into the public, but have they ever made a horror movie called The Retard? Yeah, so. yeah, uh, no, they th- Jeremy, <laughs> Jeremy. I don't they, know why they did. It was called The Ringer. Anyway, the, um, <laughs> that's actually so, no. Um, actually, um, I've been working on the script for that one. It's Reanimator, but there it's a dead person who was retarded, and they bring him back from the dead. It's like retarded. The, no, the re, 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 Reanimator. <laughs> <laughs> Whoever needs to make this movie just needs to make the star. <laughs> and you know who it's going to be. Mm-hmm. The Retard, starring Eric Woodward. No! It's the part I was born to play, baby. <laughs> I studied this role for years. I, I, I hung with Retards. I've been, I, I, what did you do to, to find your inspiration, Mr. Woodworth? Well, I want to go back to my shout-outs to my parents, skipping out on the latex paint, went full lead, <laughs> and how delicious the toppings were. You'd think, don't put it on an ice cream sundae. Nope. This, Daddy put it every time. This is weird, because I thought you two had done a horror movie called The Wailing, but it was W-H-A-L. <laughs> NG. The movie comes out all these protesters with really badly made signs. <laughs> the shittiest. The white whaling. Oh gosh. Which finally though brings us to our final tale, the most inspirational one, which is uh, Amelia. Uh, Amelia, also played by Karen Black, uh, is talking to her overbearing mother uh, who is coming into town. And uh, uh, this actually was rewritten by Karen Black on the spot. She didn't like that the mother was like a caring mother that was coming to visit her. She wanted like to establish that, oh, her mom's kind of an overbearing bitch, and uh, which will come into play at the end of this tale. Uh, but she receives this fun Zuni f- uh, uh, fetish, fetish doll, doll. Uh, that is 
terrifying. It is a uh, a small little African looking doll with a spear and giant sharp fangs and man oh man this thing. Uh, you can almost watch like the beginning part of when this is received and it, <clears throat> almost every shot from the original Child's Play really takes off of this. Yeah, like I agree. The scene of it rolling underneath the couch uh, the scene of it uh, are you alive? Like stuff like that. All yeah. of that almost is completely ripped off from this wonderful trilogy of terror story. Well, I got to say, so earlier when we were talking and I said, he definitely looks like a little, a little, uh, Richard, uh, doll. Little Richard. Yeah. Well, I, I was thinking, cause you always do the musical stuff and it immediately hit me that I was like, good golly, Miss Molly, you got a killer doll. When he's slashing up your face, you can hear your mother call. Although the, the teeth of the doll are slightly larger than little Richard's actual teeth. Yes. So. Little Richard, he has, one of his teeth is a full Wrigley spearmint size length. <laughs> Uh, well, but again, the fetish doll thing is so weird to me because I thought to myself, well, if they made one of all feet, we could give it to Tommy. <laughs> <laughs> I also like the idea of like, yeah, it is a fetish doll. And we're like, no, 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 no. The doll watches while we fuck. <laughs> Otherwise, I can't. I can't even get there unless this thing is watching I us. like teeth on my dick. So I got the doll. <laughs> I like the, uh, the sequel that they did to this where uh, the Zuni fetish doll comes in contact with... Um, with Rick James and at the end of the movie is Rick James just burning him with, with cigarettes and, and things oh, <laughs> torturing the Zuni dolls. So. Yes, Rick James was a monster. So, um, so the uh, I like I'm Rick James, bitch! <laughs> I, I do love uh, immediately when this thing just starts going to town at her ankles and uh. the sounds that he makes are just like <laughs> It sounds like a chihuahua. <laughs> It sounds like my 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 wife's uh, Yorkie Terrier. So oh, God. Uh, now the voice of uh, the voice of the little Zuni doll is Walker Edmondson. Now Walker Edmondson, who did that, he, uh, he very all that great sound effects that you heard. Uh, Jeremy, you might have also known him because he was also the voice of Enoch from Land of the Lost. Oh my gosh. As well as uh later in the movie Dick Tracy, he's the the thing on the ra- he's the the radio announcer. He's like everybody, the world is under control. He's the the radio guy in Dick Tracy as well. So, there ah. you go. And I like No, I I just love the voice of Enoch. He almost sounded like he was going through like a phaser pedal or something yeah. back in the day. Who also what he who who played him in the land the the remake? Uh I'm not who did? That's right. Leonard Le- Nimoy was Leonard the new Nimoy. Enoch. Yeah. Well, I think I also think it's really funny that this is like one of his first credits. So to get these other jobs, you're like, well, what kind of experience do you have? Oh, I'm glad you asked. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, a, that is our Enoch. That is him. I was a I Zuni him. fetish doll, a.k.a. Ooga Booga. So... <laughs> No, literally, they call him Ooga Booga or something, right? In the like, they I think call so, him yeah. Ooga Booga, which is the most racist <laughs> thing I've ever heard in my life. Get pretty this. much, pretty much every R. Crumb uh, comic book. So yeah, yes. Oh man. So uh, this little doll terrorizes Karen Black for a solid fifteen minutes. Uh, chases her. Into, at one point, she grabs it and tries to drown it, which I found is very funny. Like, what are yeah. you going to? How are you? And it's still making. Can I tell you actually the the. Mo- angriest I got during this story that just enraged me for how stupid it was is when he's cutting through the suitcase she's locked him in and she's like trying to grab his little knife and I'm like why would you what in your mind is like this is gonna work this, I'm gonna grab the blade yeah, and it, like not get cut I'm an was, idiot that was not smart and I felt like you had it in a thing just find something else really throw heavy throw it out the window uh, yeah like the, <laughs> the, rule, the rule of any horror film is to do the stupidest thing possible like, uh, this looks it. like a really haunted house let's go the fuck in here you yeah, know because yeah. we're white and dumb but i've never <laughs> seen that like grabbing a blade that is like coming through a door or something you're like i'll just grab the thing they're trying to stab me with yeah. as it's headed towards me and it won't cut me at all it'll be fine you know you know you can not be caught by this little thing no matter how fast it runs like oh i'm tripping in my own fucking home because i'm so fucking stupid <laughs> it's so just dumb. running from here to there i think the funniest part you know what it reminds me of a lot of times like especially her trying to grab the knife is like uh, one of my favorite movies of all time that I, I will die on this hill is it being one of the funniest films is Kung Pao Enter, w- enter the f- Way of the Fist mm-hmm. and the part where 
he's fighting Betty. He's like, it was at this moment I knew that I could either duck his his claw <laughs> and give him a roundhouse <laughs> kick, or I could get hit in the face and die. <laughs> and then he goes, zoop and boom, and just whacks him in the face. He's like, I chose the wrong one. I, I can just tell you, though, from experience, like, if I have a dick coming at me, I can tell you that if I try to grab onto it and then I just keep trying to fight it off oh, like no. that, it's just going to go off in my face. Oh, no. You're you're a bad bomb diffuser. <laughs> They and call when they're me, coming at you in the dark, you're like, you don't know which direction the dick's coming. They, uh. call, they call my pussy the Hurt Locker. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, eventually she's able to wrangle this little fucker into the oven and then throws it into high and burns it uh, in uh, there. Can we, can we re- rewind? Yeah, yeah, rewind. The it, most important back. part. For some reason, she locks herself into her own home and can't undo a lock and tried to undo a lock with a knife. Like, yeah, how did you lock yourself into your own home? (laughs) And then she's so inept, she can't even open her own window. Yeah. Yeah. You can't do anything, woman. She's just like... Like, oh my gosh. But I also love that the knife under the door was also another great thing. Or or just getting him into the, the Samsonite to begin with. So. Yeah, could you imagine if like this character, if Julia was thrown into uh, the movie A um, uh, 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 Final Destination? Like, she wouldn't make it five no. seconds. Like, this, she could barely She has no survival instincts. No. This also reminds me of the, the, the Kentucky Fried movie of the woman in the, in the kitchen where zinc oxide doesn't exist anymore and just can't do anything is everything explodes in the kitchen around her so <laughs> so that's fun uh but she does eventually grab this little fucker which uh the zuni doll actually that they used uh was so poorly made in the movie they said the arms and stuff kept falling off in <laughs> oh, like I every scene it. and they'd have to just glue it back on yeah. and they were they were sure it was like this movie the, nobody's gonna like yeah. this <laughs> this is gonna be like I, they said like the cast would just watch like shot after shot of it's like arm falling off they're like it's like a college it's like a it's like a community college art project that you're like we're gonna do this mini film and submit it to the festival james James cameron says that when he worked with the alien queen it looked so bad that every single usable bit of footage of the alien queen was used in yeah that's wild oh wow oh yeah so uh they uh she eventually throws this little fucker into the oven and then turns it on high black smoke comes barreling out it's so like please let me out it's hot in here (laughs) and uh and then uh, uh, the the thing is is finally defeated. But the final scene is the mother arriving as you get to see Julia. No, no, no! You you forgot. She finally hears it d- dying out, so she decides to open. Yeah, she opens the, the, the oven, oven door. Mm. Which did you know they did reuse that audio of him dying in the oven in Schindler's List? <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> We want to apologize to all Jews of the world for yes, that joke yes. because we love Jews. We do. Um, well, the, the only the one thing I wanted to point out is that this was the greatest commercial for General Electric ovens because they will keep <laughs> little demon dolls' souls intact until you open the door. They keep the soul inside. That's pretty so. good. It will burn up your food, though. But I, I do love that last scene of her possessed now by the uh, by the spirit of the fetish doll as she's like squatting down, holding a knife like that, waiting yeah, for the door to good. open. And then you get to see her gnarly teeth. Mm-hmm. And uh, I would say this completely cemented uh, Karen and, Black as a and, as a cult classic for the, for the rest of her days. And and by the way, the the um, the ending of the movie that they cut out was at the end. You go back to the little scroll that she was reading, and it says. Do not by any means put this doll into an oven and burn it alive because then the soul will possess you. <laughs> oh, no. Or, Damn it. Or even burn it in a Kenmore oven because yeah. Kenmores don't hold the souls. Kenmores, if you had used a Kenmore oven, it would have been hot enough. <laughs> like if they had a competitor, like, we've burned many Zuni dolls, and guess what? No possessions yet. Uh, underneath, brought to you by Kenmore. Yeah. So. <laughs> we bring the cleansing fire of Jesus in every one of our... <laughs> Every one of our ovens. 
So, uh, and we used to be a German company when we made the ovens. Now we are Americans. Come on! <laughs> and that we bring- like to apologize again to Jews of all <laughs> kinds. That brings us to an end of the trilogy of terror. Uh, they go on to make another one in what two thousand seven was it? Jesus, uh, trilogy of terror two, uh, which would also that's a long time apart. They had and it, there's another whole little Zuni doll story that's in that that I've never watched. Uh, I can't imagine it being great, but maybe our listeners Ooh, can let us know. Otherwise known as uh, Tales from the Hood with Corbin oh, Brinson. So. There we go. That's a good one. I was going to say Trilogy of Terror 2, Oogie Boogie Lou. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Ashley, where can people find you at, love? Um, you can always find me online at Ashley Pontius Laughs. And you can also catch me on uh, t- Thursday the 21st at Estro Genius Comedy Show in D.C. And then featuring for Tommy's and Bazo Saturday the 23rd at Snifters. Fuck yeah, Snifters. Shout out. Uh, you can catch all things Eric Comedy at ericcomedy.com. Eric with a K, comedy with a C. I got about like five more shows left for the month of October. Uh, the, the next one is at Rough Edges Brewing where uh, uh, the great Rob Mayer and Todd Fleming uh, with me hosting will be up there in Waynesboro, PA. So go to aircomedy.com, grab your tickets there and do all that shit. And there's some murder mysteries at the end of the month. Jeremy, take us out of here. Because I'm back in Carrie Black! I'm back in Carrie Black! Give me a pair of poopy pants, give me a pair of poopy pants, give me a pair of poopy pants, give me a pair, give me a pair of poopy pants, give me a pair of poopy pants, give me a pair of poopy pants, 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 poopy poopy pants. Give me a pair of poopy pants, give me a pair of poopy pants, poopy pants.